This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Today on the Blockade Pinball Podcast, Wally Finch and his talking parrot, Jane Frazier of Wacky Weather, and the musical stylings of Scalded Tongues. Here's your hosts, Chris Freebus and Jared Morgan. Howdy how. Decided I'd try something different. I don't think that one's going to stick up. No. <laughs> that changes as good as a holiday. But you we know, have I really. Had a holiday, haven't we? We have. Uh, I really do want to, though, hear what the musical stylings of Scalded Tongue might be. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be interesting. <laughs> Scarpunk, I reckon, for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a well, a little bit of a holiday, although it was more you having your uh, hackathon, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's right. It went pretty well. We um, we it was more of an update of where we were um, rather than a, a new idea or a new concept that we were building out. Um, but it was really interesting to see the other people who participated in the hackathon and the solutions they came up for for both epilepsy. Um, type 1 diabetes and the RACQ Care Flight Helicopter Service, uh, which is like an airlift, an emergency airlift service for people who get stuck on mountains and need to be rescued. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there was lots of very interesting solutions about um, um, lots of very different problems that were related all to those three um, sort of causes. And it was really good. Very interesting. And we were a classic hackathon. We were working on our slides during the presentations. Um, <laughs> and and we just finished the slides off one session before ours. Um, so three minutes to go, we'd finished them off. Uh, so classic. Yeah, good. Good times. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's only fun if you can go right up to the last minute. <laughs> mm. That's exactly right. And so we did that. Um, but it was a really good. It was a great day. Um, there was lots of uh, innovative solutions, and um, one of my fellow product managers at Ladbrokes um, actually got second place with uh, her team solution, which is really cool. Uh, it was like an epilepsy profile sharing um, um, prototype for um, parents or carers and the uh, patients of young patients of epilepsy. So it was a really good solution. Yeah, it was great. Good. So I, uh, you know, as everybody knows, my knee is all jacked up, um, mm-hmm. and I've I've slowly been uh, working on recovery. I can now actually uh, fully bend it together. It's getting it uh, straightened back out. That's the issue. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I don't have the uh, the muscle strength yet to uh, to do that. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm still so basically I'm still you know relegated to the the couch for the most part. So mm. I took that opportunity when Stranger Things 2 dropped last Friday uh, to sit down and just nine-hour binge the thing. <laughs> right. And how was that for you? Have you seen was, that? That was good times to uh, to just sit there and, you know, at some point you go like, okay, I got to take a break so I can eat. And yeah. then you go back and sit down and you, and you watch more and more and more and then it ends and then you go... Okay, so I waited an entire year for that, and I just consumed it in less than a day. Yeah. Now i got to wait another year. <laughs> yes. That is kind of the problem with binging, isn't it? Um, and it's weird, isn't it, that a lot of those shows that are Netflix or like cable TV exclusives, you have to wonder, oh, I guess there's two schools of thought. With it. You have to wonder why they have previously in Stranger Things. 
um, at the beginning of the show because a lot of people just binge it. Well, um, no, Stranger Things doesn't do that. Most of the uh, Netflix, oh, it doesn't. Any of the, no, none of the Netflix shows do that, actually. That's um, good. Because so, that's silly. <laughs> you were right. I mean, it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. I know Dexter used to do it all the time. And when I decided to get Dexter um, on the internet, um, it was like, oh, well, that's fast forward two minutes um, right. at the beginning. Um, plus the one minute 30 intro. So it's like five minutes in. We actually get to the new content, you know. It's, I, I've been watching a show called The Good Place. And okay. they'll do previously on, and it'll literally be like the last 10 seconds of the previous episode. <laughs> so oh, it's, not really? a catch up. it's not a catch up at all. It's, it's more or less, uh, yeah, we're starting right up from where we left, last left off, you know, kind of. Kind of thing, so I kind of just like, a refresher memory about what happened. That's kind of good, right? That's a good right. approach. Um, yeah, again, I think they understand people are going to wind up binging it. I mean, oh. I, I think that's what has freed up writers with these shows that they uh, they can stretch out things, storylines, plot lines. Uh, they don't feel like they have to wrap it up every single episode, and they're trusting that you, the audience member will stick with it. And if you're binging, you're definitely going to stick with it. So yeah, sure. I think it's kind of a, kind of a, had an interesting effect that way. Mm. Um, what else did I do? Uh, let's see. I binged all of mind Hunter, which is also on Netflix. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't play much in the video game department other than, uh, dealing with the Zen tournament, which, Hey, why don't we uh, go ahead and talk about that? Cause we got two to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. So we had, uh, since we didn't uh, get to it last week, we did the Fear Itself uh, tournament. And that one was pick your own uh, add ons. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we wound up having in fifth place at uh, David Five at 141 million, then Nimble Lee at 151 million. Third place is MS505 at 204 million. And then it's myself at 205 million. And then Johnny3w6 came in and sniped me with like in the last 10 minutes and dropped oh. a score of 250 million. Oh. <laughs> and I was, I was so distraught that uh, I was going through the tournaments and found somebody else had their own fear itself tournament. And I was like, screw you guys. And I went and I blasted their scores out of the water. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Because by that yeah. point, I knew how to score really, really easily. Um, but you didn't have enough time to actually become top place again because it was nearly out of time. Well, the, the interesting thing with the Zen tournaments is, you know, let's say it says there's two minutes left. Mm -hmm. So long as you start the, your game, you can play it for as, as long as you need to play it, you know, uh, until you drain your balls, basically. Ah, so so entries close. So basically, final right. entries, you've got to be mm -hmm. playing a game. Right. All right. Okay. Um, well, that's good. So I I saw Johnny's score and I hopped on to try and beat it immediately, but I didn't have a good game that time, so I wasn't able to uh, to excel. Yes. Um, but uh, like I said, I I, <laughs> I smoked the other tournament. I was like, you guys don't even know who I am, but I'm coming in and dropping a bomb. Right. Like I'm I mean, I get you. I mean, I'm talking like I smoked a buy about like a hundred million. It wasn't even remotely oh, that, close. That was a uh, convincing <laughs> victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flawless victory. Um, and then uh, this <laughs> this last week we had our, which I thought was appropriate for Halloween, the Walking Dead Survival Tournament. Ah, yes. I don't know that I'm necessarily a fan of this survival 
because basically you have one minute to get the next score goal. And sometimes you'll all of a sudden lock yourself into a mode where there's only one way of scoring. <laughs> and that can become exceedingly frustrating when you got a countdown timer also, you know, lobbing at you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a pain. So the, the grouping on it was much tighter, though. Uh, fifth place goes to The Doctor 2008 at 50.7 million. Then it was myself at 61 million. Uh, Ksenia, a.k.a. Sven, he was at uh, 60, 66.1 million. And he got uh, bumped by somebody named Vu at 66.3 million. So close. And then uh, Nimble Lee came in at 73 million. Uh, mm. And it's interesting when you look at the leaderboard scores, uh, something I discovered, they'll have, uh, call it your profile picture. Yes. So like my profile picture is of our blockade logo. Mm -hmm. And if it is somebody that is playing not on the platform you're playing, then all you'll get is a silhouette of like a face. And that's it. So that's how you can actually know if uh, somebody is playing on the platform you're playing or they're playing on something else. So I thought that was kind of... okay. Yeah. So it's like a visual clue. Exactly. Um, So I've already started up uh, this next week's tournament. It's going to be a seven-dayer. And because it's in theaters this week, well, we got to play Thor, even though I don't like the table. <laughs> um, mm. So we're going we're gonna to play Thor, but here's the deal. it's uh, We're playing it pure. That means no add-ons, regular pinball, uh, high score wins. That's it. Okay. Three balls, no add-ons. Uh, so it's uh, check check your true pinball prowess. That's what we're uh, we're going with here. Flop your skills right down the table. Let's see. Right. Exactly. The big old flopper. <laughs> 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 it's one of those yeah. things where it's like when I when I go to pick these tables, I, I'm on the one hand I want to pick tables that I know I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, I don't want to necessarily do that either because then what if I'm not good enough and I you know get my ego crushed? So um, that's a risk. That's the big it risk. Is, it is war. a risk. So I'm kind of looking for theming each week um, mm. as as we get there. Although I don't think there's necessarily a uh, a turkey uh, table for Thanksgiving. Although maybe I'll just, you know, go literal on the meaning of turkey and just pick one of the truly terrible Zen tables. <laughs> yeah. Well, which one would that be? There's a, there's a couple, maybe. Well, uh, there's, a couple, there's a couple of Star Wars ones that I would uh, throw in that. Uh, V8. V8. Oh, yeah, yeah, V8 for sure. <laughs> there you go. There's your winner. <laughs> Why did nobody play this tournament? It's funny too because you can tell that uh, Sorcerer's Lair is the free table because mm-hmm. probably three quarters of the tournaments that are up are Sorcerer's Lair. <laughs> Sorcerer's Lair, man, that would be a. The, there's only so many different ways you could spin that game to actually make it uh, unique enough. Yeah, uh, to, yeah, to play. Yeah. So that's uh, uh-huh. that's the deal. Zen, I'm still. Uh, Still loving, loving that product. It's uh, been pretty much the pinball I've been playing. I really, really wished that I could be playing Ghostbusters, but uh, boy, is that thing just ticking me off right now. Oh, what's so, it doing? Well, it's crashing my computer. <laughs> it entirely crashing your computer. Well, I shouldn't say it's. It's not turning my computer off. It's not a complete. Uh, uh, it's not an OS crash. What it's doing is the game. Completely crashes, which in turn is crashing my display. And so then if I sit here long enough, 
the display will try and fight to come back. And so sometimes what I'll get is just the outlines of the various windows that were open. Yep. And what I'm waiting for is for TPA to completely be unrecoverable. And then once that's unrecoverable, then the rest of my desktop will all of a sudden pop back up on my monitor. And then right. I have to push close program. So I was having this issue with the beta and I had reported it and the guys got back and said that they were not able to reproduce this issue. I talked to a couple of the other guys that were in the beta. They also were having, uh, I mean, other than maybe having slowdown issues with the table, they were able to load the table. My -hmm. issue was that as soon as I clicked on Ghostbusters and it would go into the, uh, what I call the flyover menu. Yep. The whole, it would stutter like crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would clear up and go back to being smooth. Other times, that's when the crash would occur. If it got smooth, then I'd push start game and then it would crash. I had one occasion where it actually got me into the game itself and I started playing it and I noticed uh, it was minor, but I noticed slowdown at the um, flippers and slingshots when the ball would okay. get there, just be a little bit slow. So that got me thinking. I was like, well, this is so bizarre. You know, uh, you would think it would consistently crash, uh, not all of a sudden one time let me in. And I, and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, it can't be my graphics card. Um, I mean, my graphics card is a, a GFX 670. So it's not exactly the most powerful thing out there, but it's also powerful enough to run everything that I play. And in the case of Zen and uh, TPA in DX11, I can run all the high settings and not have an issue. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, think I, Ghost, I, Ghostbusters is uh, it's a performance hog. Even well, it's a performance hog, but I didn't know exactly to what extent. So then uh, people were starting to talk about uh, CPU usage. And so I asked, how do I find that out? So they you know, pointed me to bringing up my t- uh, task manager. And I was running it, and I got some interesting uh, numbers here for you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I'm running Zen, uh, Pinball FX3, when I'm just in the regular menu, uh, I'm running about uh, 18% CPU usage on the okay. game. Once I go into an actual table and play the game, the highest it'll spike is at about 50% CPU usage. Mm-hmm. That's pretty so, normal for a, that's a pretty normal. game. Now, I should also note what uh, what I'm running. I'm a uh, dual core two Intel processor, um, and I have eight megabytes or eight gigabytes of RAM. Okay. So my processor is about ten years old. I get okay, that. But... You know, I yeah, understand. Okay. But like I said, Pinball FX three, brand new game you know, running, you know, currently or whatever, like I said, it spiked uh, max at about 50% uh, CPU usage during the game. Um, now that's on top of, we also have, uh, I'm running my DS for windows program, which is what allows me to use my controller, uh, mm-hmm. my PS4 controller that takes up about five to 10% CPU usage. And then okay. also you and then you got to add in whatever Windows decides to uh, spike. Sometimes it'll all of a sudden decide to uh, run a quick Windows update check to see if you're up to date. That'll sometimes spike it by 
So mm-hmm. now and then I would all of a sudden see the CPU jump up to 99%, but it'd be brief, quick, and then drop right back down um, yeah. and not be an issue. So then I threw in Pinball Arcade, and when you're in the just the opening menu, it would be anywhere from 12% to a spike of 50%. Wow, okay. Yeah, which is really high for a menu, but I got to believe it's just the loading of all the tables or something. I don't know, but it was kind of interesting. Because then once you go... down after a while? No, it, it, well, that's what I'm saying. It hovers between 12% and 50%. It basically enters in at 12, wait about two seconds, it jacks up to 50%, stays there for a couple of seconds, and then drops back down to 12-ish. Mm, and then okay. kind of dances, dances around there. Um. You go into a game, and I tried uh, various games to see. Uh, CPU was at about ten to fifteen percent. Um, okay. And I tried, I tried Circus Voltaire. I tried Ripley's. Ripley's actually was the one that ran at about twenty percent. Okay. Um, I tried uh, Indy Five Hundred. I tried uh, Big Shots, which was only like at six to eight percent CPU. I mean, there's not much to run there. Uh, no. And then, for the fun of it, I also ran Stern Pinball Arcade. And this one in the menus, if you got the loading screen, so sometimes, uh, uh, well, when it's first loading the menu up, it would jack up to 85% CPU usage. And then okay. once once you got the actual menu of the, the tables you could play, it would drop down to about 18%. Then when you were in-game, and I tried Mustang and uh, Star Trek, it was running at about 20 to 30% CPU usage, which I expect okay. that to be higher for Stern Pimble Arcade than for TPA. Um, mm. that, those seem like you know, acceptable numbers. Yeah, definitely. Then I tried Ghostbusters. And here's the problem. <laughs> is Usually it crashes before I can get a true CPU usage, but it, it immediately cranks up to 65% and only goes up from there. And usually Gross. it would spike all the way to 99% CPU usage just for Pimble Arcade. Well, so okay. 99% on that, and then you add in all the other things, that's why it's all of a sudden crashing. Um, it's just going... Pfft. So yeah. that's... and it, the, the part that mystifies me is why does the game not just slow down? Why does it not go, you know, drop frame rates and just go to a crawl? Why is it actually crashing my, you know, just causing my CPU to just take a complete dump. Um, and I tried... I'm sure they're trying to lock the frame rate is what they're trying to do so the physics engine works. So they're trying to lock the frame rate at 60 so the physics engine doesn't break and you get balls through flippers. Uh, but then why I, is it yeah. having slowdown for a lot of other people? Not sure. <laughs> See, this is why. this is why I don't understand... What's going on? Whereas, do they have more powerful video cards? Do they have just more powerful video cards and more powerful CPUs? They have a little bit more. Well, they have more powerful CPUs, but this is this is what I'm saying. This is my 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 question is why if it's locking in at trying to lock in at sixty frames per second, okay, why is it not crashing their computers? Is it just because they're not because their CPU can handle more of a, a more input? Yep, I'd say so. It's probably because their CPU is like a, a quad core and, you know, it's probably got 16 gig of RAM and they could have a, a higher NVIDIA card. Well, um, see, I don't think it's going to actually go and ask for their system specs. I will say That's this. It's not the video card. And you want to know why? 
because I also Watch tried that. this out. I also tried this out in DX9, and I literally turned everything off. Yep. For video purposes, and it still immediately crashed. So okay. this is this is not a video card issue. This is a CPU issue. Right. So finally, the guys up at Farsight said that uh, they were able to duplicate the issue on an older computer that they had. Right. So I'm hoping that they're going to come up with some kind of a fix. But the question that we're all kind of banding about on the forum is what is causing this game, unlike all the other stern pinball arcade games, what is causing this one to just go absolutely bonkers nuts? And is it because this is the first, uh, was it Spike? That's the uh, mm-hmm. thing it's running on? Is it because, yeah. and, and one of the theories is that, well, they're not having to worry about uh, optimization. Stern isn't. Because they're not having to worry about real-world f- uh, physics being duplicated in, you know, being processed also. That's right. So the only thing that it has to worry about is reacting to real-world inputs. Events, and, yeah. Events. And because of that, they can't put in uh, any delays. You know, it's got to be constantly on. And it's mm-hmm. that constant on status that is cranking up the CPU to max usage. Absolutely. So that makes me wonder, is there anything that Farsight's going to even be able to do to try and optimize this thing? To make it run? Because otherwise, they're going to need to really issue, and I mean, not that they're going to, there's a lot of people that can't run this table. And it's... Probably going to have to give a recommendation on system specifications once they learn more about what hardware people have that are successfully running it and those people who aren't, they can sort of form a bit of a, I guess, a, you may have troubles running this table on this hardware. And what they should do is make it the table of the month for the first month so people can test it and yeah, work I it mean, out. Unfortunately, it's already past that uh, train. But I just there's a lot of people that have bought the table and are pretty pissed. Because yeah, well, it doesn't work. Yeah, you know, and 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 the, and the thing is, is it's you know, if there had been any kind of a notice, if there had been any kind of a warning prior uh, that it may not work. I mean, now on uh, Android, I believe, and iOS, they did say, hey, you have to have a one gigabyte processor, and you have to be running at least on I know iOS. Uh, you have to be running a ten, 10. iOS ten. Yeah. So they did but at least have two for gig that. of RAM. They go over two gig of RAM on Android for it mm-hmm. to run. And really you only want to run it on like last year's flagship and upwards. Um, anything right. less than that is you're gonna have probably a bad time, except with the exception of Shield Tablet, because that's basically a PC and it's still current. <laughs> like it's it's still a valid device to be running all this stuff on because it just eats graphic issues for breakfast. So that's why it's 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 one of those things that is really frustrating to me because it is so above and beyond usage of anything else that's out there pinball related mm-hmm. that and this is going to be the only table that's that way you know <laughs> potentially but maybe not well, like there are only going to be spike tables from now on so and now there's spike 2 which is all of the ones like with the color um, screen in them so, you know, there's going to be some that are spike regular and then some that are, you know, the new 
fancy ones, which are going to be even harder to, em well, not emulate, harder to, to run on the wide gamut of software that's um, currently being used to run those games. So, yeah. It's, well, and, uh, and I've yet to, they have not released yet for Stern Pimble Arcade. So I've not been able to test it in Stern Pimble Arcade. Mm -hmm. um, some, I've tried it on Android. It seems to run better. Well, and that's what some people are saying. So I'm, I'd be very curious to know if it does run on my computer in Stern Pimble Arcade as opposed to not running on a TPA. It wouldn't surprise me if it does actually run better because you've got to remember they're not trying to emulate the code on um, uh, Stern Pimble Arcade. They're actually running it directly from bytecode. Right. Um, so this is a thing that made me really skeptical about them including it in TPA because as far as I'm aware, unless they've been able to put some sort of extra like support layer in, they would have had to somehow emulate the table, not run it natively. And you can guarantee, from my perspective, that would be the reason why you're clocking in at 60% as a baseline CPU. Because that is emulation framework is having to go, okay, here's all the original code. Now I'm going to have to plug that through the emulation layer. And we all know that emulation is costly as anything mm -hmm. rather than running it directly. So I would, I really did wonder very much about why they were doing that. Because I thought, well, you're instantly going to have problems with performance because yeah. you're not you're not um, running it directly. You're emulating, so you're going to automatically have a bad time. I think Blind Freddy could have even seen that, but anyhow. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. This release seems like a giant poke in the eye, and uh, it's a, it's a, I would say, a poor decision. It, I yeah, think it's, uh, <laughs> but there's no real way of sugarcoating this one. It's like a no. You're letting cats and dogs live together now because you've got Stern and Pimble Arcade and Pimble Arcade and Stern and and like what are you doing? Like you're diluting yeah. the brands, number one. Yeah. And it's just it doesn't seem logical at all to me. Um, no, not at all. It's no. uh, <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. So, Nothing. I mean, and and we can just have commentary about it and say, hey, it's it's dumb. That's what yeah. we can do yeah. because we don't have and, any control over it. You know, truthfully, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, all right, well, I'll just go back to playing some Zen. Um, well, they do seem to have their shit together. So, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, may the best platform win. Honestly, it's getting towards that point. I mean, I'd still, I, I still don't really have an opinion on Zen because I, I don't have an ability to play the new version. Right. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I really, I'll be honest with you, I haven't actually played much pinball at all this last month. It's just been too busy in my free time um, slots for me to actually do well, it. Well, so, I said last time, it's, it's, it's interesting that my decision of what to play, whether to play TPA or to play Zen, is coming down to this community aspect. It's just drawing... I mean, like, I've played to death the you know TPA tables. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's kind of I'm looking for a reason to hop back in, you might say, to to play them. And yeah. with the Zen, there's no tables, compelling reason to no, jump back into TP. No, because I'm just like, do I really want to go after any more wizard goals? I've already gone after most of them, and the ones that are left are kind of like annoying and you know take forever. They're not pleasurable right. goals. Yeah. And uh, you know the leaderboards have just been borked to no end, and I'm done yeah. complaining about them. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like how many years have we said please just reset them and why they're 
is this resistance to that is beyond bizarre. And then again, it, you know, like the leaderboards were just down uh, last week. Um, I don't know if they're back up. They're currently on Ghostbusters on the Android and iOS devices. They left in a developer's tool on top, which looks like a joystick for which everybody's yes. like, what the heck is that? And it turns out that it does ball control. Well, yeah. tell me that people aren't going to be jacking up some scores <laughs> using that and then posting them to leaderboards. And then do you think Farsight's going to clear the leaderboards? Hell no. No, no they're not going to do that. So, so again, it, it, that's, that's why the leaderboards are, are so infuriating. A waste of time. They're waste of time. They are. They are. They, right. they mean absolutely nothing. So the only thing that means anything to me is what are my friend's scores? Yeah. And, you know, who am I playing against? And that's where Zen is winning because I can post, hey, guys, I got a tournament this week. Here's my name. Come and play. And I've got people that I know coming and playing, and I'm not having to twist their arm. I'm not having to remind them. I'm not having to set up a time for them to come in. I'm not having to set up an end date that's, you know, theoretical and out there like when we were doing the... Uh, uh, the Zen Book Club. The, no, not Zen Book Club. No, when we were doing Table of the Week and Table of the Month. Yeah. Um, you know... Yeah, that was so, like, pain me out. It's, like, it was terrible. It's so, yeah, it's so easy. And like I said, I'm not playing Zen just in regular table mode. I'm only, I've only been playing the tournaments. It's just that's what's fun. Mode. Yeah. 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 And that's know. what's drawing me in. Like it's it's one of those things that you you've got to keep on staying relevant in the market, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering if uh, maybe this could be a bit of a time for for Pimble Arcade to actually reflect and actually do a little bit of competitor analysis. Um, they're never let's be serious; they're never going to catch up to Zen um, from a like quality features because they're just such a huge team. They're like three or four times the size of right. Like Farsight, and they've got just a lot of money behind them. Yeah. So let's put that out there quite frankly now. Like, they just need to be a better Farsight. That's all they need to be. Yeah. And the only way they're going to be a better Farsight is to make some tough decisions um, to remain relevant in their area of the market, which is real life tables. Um, and actually doing that. Although maybe they don't need to, because let's be honest, who else is doing that? No one. No one. So they are, they are the leader. So do they actually have to innovate? Probably not because there isn't any other option in the market. Um, the only other one is, you know, of the likes of uh, Zachariah, but that's a very different um, subset of games. Um, but I just look they, at... They've really the, got the NBA game in town. So like it or lump it, really. It's probably the answer Well, and I, and I just look at Farsight's attempt at uh, at doing online play, doing it's head-to-head clumsy. play. It's beyond clumsy, mm. you know, especially when you see what Zen is doing. And Zen is so flawless, so easy. They have a, they've made it now so that there is always people playing pinball online, um, yeah. and that's that right there is the trick. Because mm-hmm. with TPA, uh, when we would be trying in the, and I know the beta is a small sampling of people. But just trying to get people to be there so that you could have somebody to play against was a giant task. And then on top of that, it was having the thing actually work to pair you with somebody. And I think that's where Farsight needs to... They need to outsource. They need to get somebody that actually knows what the heck they're doing 
to make that kind of flawless experience. Um, and then mm. they can learn from it, and then they can apply that towards their own uh, uh, games in the future. Um, yeah. But uh, because right now, we've stopped beta testing the head-to-head, -head, it seemed, a long time ago. There hasn't been a single innovation or anything done to that in no. months, months and months. It's kind of dead. And, it's been put on the back burner. Yeah, been way put on the back burner. Um, yeah. And I would rather them just completely pull it from the game than having it sit there every month and me going, oh, let's see if anything changed and me clicking on it going, nope. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it might be one of those things that it could have just been an experiment for them. It might have just yeah. been something they were testing and going, ah, oh, let's entertain the idea of like this sort of, you know, multiplayer experience. Yeah. Business um, picture for them. They may not think that it's a thing. I mean, there's there's a lot of evidence out there just to suggest that it's probably something they should be thinking about. But there might be other things. Like I I don't know. Maybe they've got to be they've got to be doing something else there at the moment. Like they've got pinball, pinball. There's got to be something else that they're working on as the next. They've got to be thinking about the next. So you'd have to think that something else is going on there as well. Like it couldn't just be like hedging all their bets on pinball because, you know, that's going to end. Yeah, I don't think they are hedging all their bets on pinball. But uh, I think that if I had to guess what Farsight's up to, it's, mm. a, it's a mobile game. That's Yeah. They have been wanting to get into the mobile gaming aspect of things where there is, you know, a cash cow of <laughs> pay-as-you-play. <laughs> um, mm. They've been trying to figure that out for a very long time and Honestly, that's what I believe that they would be developing for. I don't think that they're trying to develop a console game or a, a yeah. Steam game. I just don't. I don't see it. Yeah, think about um, actually. This flows quite interestingly into um, Pinball Vader's update that I saw on Kickstarter the other day. So mm -hmm. the the short of it was didn't make the goal. Um, okay, but but in the update that I got on Kickstarter for those people who did actually back it, you'll you'll know this. But for those who don't, let me read it out. Um, we at Farsight believe even more strongly in the game than ever before. During the campaign, we were honoured and thrilled that Apple featured Pinball Cadet the, the week after it launched as new game we love and then featured the game again as a best new game update. We also love Pinball Cadet and we'll continue to make it even better. Plus, while Pinball Cadet is a lot of fun, we believe it is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we think can be done with this concept by the talented people at Trick Studios. So, despite the result of this campaign, we're happy to announce that we will be moving forward with plans to help Trick Studios complete Pinball Invaders and bring it to the market. So, even though the Kickstarter wasn't successful, it sounds like they're going ahead anyhow. And this is exactly kind of what Kickstarter's about. So, <laughs> Kickstarter is a prototyping platform, basically. It's yeah. testing the market. And it's a very easy way of doing that. and what Engaging people's possible. interest. And it seems that they're onto a winner here. So it's a very easy way to validate an assumption about whether something is viable or not. And it seems in this case that, yes, there is a there is an appetite for it. So that removes what they call one of the riskiest assumption tests. Will people buy it? Right. And it turns out they will. So well done. Nice little bit of iteration there, Farsight. And you're right. Um, that might be, it, it's, you know, here you got a different studio coming up with a mobile game and all the, you know, pay aspects in it. And Farsight might be able to, you know, they can throw their weight behind it and uh, 
you know, what Farsight does well, they can help implement into this game, and then vice versa, Farsight can learn from somebody like this in terms of That's right. here's how you develop for mobile, you know. Yep, exactly. I think it could actually be a, quite a nice symbiotic relationship that they've got going on here. Because um, so, you got to remember, Farsight has been at this since... Uh, 17 years or something? Like total? Uh, no, I think, it's, I think it's 20 plus. You know, they were putting wow, out games... Okay. You know, they were putting out games for the Wii. Uh, I think they were putting out games for Sega, for Dreamcast, even. Really? Wow, okay. Um, I just... When I went to their studio... They had up on their wall, basically, they had, you know, the cartridges of every game that they've, you know, made. Oh, really? And they were starting, they started off being sports games, and they were doing a lot of peripheral-based games. Uh, Oh. You know, so... uh, Like gun games and stuff like that. Well, but again, sports. So, like, baseball, it would be, you know, you had a a plate, a baseball bat bat kind of thing, or, you know, something of that nature. They did football games and stuff. Um, so they were doing a lot of one-off kind of things like that. And then when it came to the Wii, they hit upon some party game, which most people recognize it as shovelware, but it Mm. was a bestseller, uh, enough that they put out, I think three different, uh, you know, versions. (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, or, or sequels, you know, there was a trilogy of them kind of thing like that. So it okay. was one of those games, you know, party games where it was just like, oh yeah, we can keep on producing this and, you know, put it out. Um, that's why it's always with, with TPA, I think it was, it it caught Farsight by surprise. I don't mm. think they ever expected it to uh, garner the attention that it did and the fan base that it did that would be so completely loyal that they were able to just keep on producing and producing and producing. And next thing they know, they're like, oh, crap, we're a pinball company. (laughs) They were kind of like just accidentally gone down this particular hole a little bit too deep and we're in it. Yeah. So the the ropes, we run out of rope and we're falling. Right. You know, they've, they've certainly made the best of it as they've kept on falling down the hole, but... Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Maybe they need maybe they need someone like pinball, like uh, the trick gaming studio, to actually throw a longer rope down, right, and help them pull them back out into a different market. Uh, or look, figure out how, yeah, figure out how to branch. Yeah, I think it's it can only be a good thing. So I wish them luck with um, pinball cadet, and I think I'll probably get into it. It'll be something different enough that it actually might be a little bit entertaining. I mean, certainly the physics are good in it, so mm. you know. I'm looking forward to sort of like a a level based take on pinball. It's it can only be a good thing, I think. Stern has announced that they are, and actually they have uh, pictures and everything. I didn't even know about it. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is their next uh, table coming out. Mm, yeah. Wow. Now one of the, if one of the things I'm not going to talk about the the table itself other than it is kind of funny seeing Groot spit out six balls just like. Um, yeah. Yeah, I reckon um, it's using the same mechanism as, um, like under under Groot's head, to be using the same mechanism as uh, the uh, uh, what was it, the terrible Harley Davidson motorcycle uh, <laughs> mechanism, <laughs> vomit mech. Because <laughs> it's not like they're just, it's not like it's shooting the balls out. It's more just like it's just throwing them up. <laughs> There's just this <laughs> splurge of balls, uh, yeah, this dropping mm-hmm. down. Um, but one of the things that people are, are were kind of like, oh, wait a second, is apparently it's not going to have any of the music. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's like, what? 
<laughs> it's crazy. Which, which on the one hand, with Guardians of the Galaxy, certainly that I mean that's that's a major plot point is his mm. tape, the tape that he's you know uh, listening to. Um, but I kind of get why you know music is ex- insanely expensive to license. And, yes, uh, all original artists too. Yeah, um, and especially hits like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I was, as I was playing Guardians of the Galaxy on uh, Zen, and they have their pseudo soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, obviously there's no music songs, uh, you know, lyric based songs in that game, and they're just kind of doing a generic soundtrack. And around the same time as I'm thinking about this, I find this uh, article about how all of Marvel's orchestral scores for their movies are just this completely generic, eh. Yeah. And to prove their point, they went out on the street and they asked people, okay, can you sing me uh, something from Star Wars? Everybody immediately uh, you know, did the, yeah. the, you know, the Imperial March or whatever. And yep. they said, okay, how about Harry Potter? And people were able to do Harry Potter. And they're like, all right, how about? Uh, and, and I mean, they threw out you know one or two other ones. Everybody was doing that, and they said, okay, now do any song from any Marvel movie. And then and nobody uh, could do it because there's not uh-huh. a single theme that stands out in any of the Marvel movies. Yeah, and I just it's true. And I, I just kind of went, huh? That's rather interesting. <laughs> it is, eh? That's very interesting. And they 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 further went though that they said this it's not just Marvel that's uh, suffering from this. It's a lot of movies today. And what it is is that because all the editing is on you know digital and nonlinear, the directors a lot of times they'll put what's called a temp score in as they're editing. Mm -hmm. And so they'll find some piece of music that they like, really like a lot from some other movie. And they'll put it in there, but then they'll have their editor cut the movie to that music. But oh. then obviously, they can, but obviously they can't use that music. They have to have an original score, so they'll yep. remove that music. But then they'll go to their composer and they'll be like, "Yeah, I want it to sound a lot like that." So this this video showed a couple of different pieces from movies, and they played it with. Here's the music that was used in the temp track. And here's the music as in the movie, and they're so minutely different, it's ridiculous. Oh, really? So and... they also me. They also say me because they can't mm-hmm. go back and recut the movie because of the music. They don't actually start right. with the music first. Or like right. get early. This is oh man. This is like my product manager hat is going right. This is so, like bad. This is bad. Real so bad. the Hollywood reporter had a whole group of uh composers sitting together and they were just having a general talk about this. Yeah. And they specifically asked Danny Elfman, who's totally a musical hero of mine uh, from, from yeah. the Oingo Boingo days. Um, but they asked him, they go, we hear you particularly have a, a, this distaste for temp tracks. And he's like, oh, it's the absolute bane of my existence. He said, he goes, I'll go in and find out that they have a temp track. And he goes, I will listen to it once, if at all. And he yeah. goes, and then I will never listen to it again. Because I don't want to be influenced by it. I want to. I want to do my music and have my own resonance with it. And a bunch of the composers were saying that. And then they also kind of commented about how uh, 
there's this new trend in the movies where they, and I know this from camera work that this thought has been out there, but where they said, well, we don't want, we don't want people noticing the music. Like they don't want the music to be standing out and become its own character. Um, Cause they feel that's taking away from the movie. They want to just, you know, support it. And so it's, it's one of those things you hear it all the time where like with camera work, you'll hear people, uh, one of the theories out there is that they were like, well, if you notice the camera move uh, as particularly interesting or uh, that's drawing attention to itself, then that's bad. You, that's taking away. Uh, same thing with special effects where people will be like, oh, well, if you notice the special effect, then it wasn't a good special effect. It should be seamless and you not notice it there. Mm. But there's an opposite theory, which is, you know, my love of practical effects over CG effects and, or what I like to call, you know, man in suit versus a CG monster where yeah. even though it draws attention to itself, I love the artistry of it and it makes me love it even more as opposed to just being some generic, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You created a monster. Ooh, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I did not know that that was a, a trend these days. And so they sure enough, they played a clip of Captain America where the music is really d- down low and there is some person narrating over the top of it. And then they go in, okay, now watch this. And they took out all the sound other than the music and played the scene again. And you got every last piece of information that needed to be given without the narration over the top of it. And you had more of an emotional reaction to the piece. Really? And it was, no. <laughs> But they said, it's the safe way is to do it this other way. It's not taking a risk. And yet the, the pieces that take a risk are the pieces that you remember. So exactly. So yeah, pedestrian movies, everything. Yeah. Like, why, why, why bother? Like, just why, yeah. why put music in there? This at is, all why, this is why I'm going to actually is, <laughs> let it shine. Like, well, and there, and there are, you think about Quentin Tarantino, he doesn't use music. He uses songs, but he does not use an orchestral score. The no, first he time he's, the first time he's ever used one was with his most recent movie, hateful eight. That's the only time he's ever using an orchestral score. Um, but uh, what I'm really hoping for is with this uh, Justice League movie, which, you know, I'll see eventually. I'm not excited for it. Mm. But Danny Elfman is doing the music for it. What does Justice League have in it? It has Batman. What's Danny Elfman known for? Really well. His Batman theme. Damn it, it better have that Batman theme kick in. Or it's gonna, oh, okay. I'm going to call major failure. <laughs> Even as a light motif, it'll have to have the Batman theme in there. It's got to. Like, yeah, yeah. They it's even have... in in the uh, this newest Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, Michael Giancino did the score for it, and he worked in in one spot the Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider. He worked that into an orchestral version. Nice. And it was like, thank you. You know, yeah. just, it needs just, to have it. Just one little moment, enough that we go, okay, you, you, thank you, you, you yeah. recognized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Props to you. Thank you. You can go about your business. <laughs> right. Exactly. Go about. We're happy. We got our. We got our smell of it. <laughs> yep. So that's why I, I. I. When they said that with Guardians of the Galaxy, they didn't have any music. I kind of went, "Well, yeah, does it really important?" And then I realized, "Oh yeah, it's the the '70s soundtrack that people are wanting, not mm. the orchestral soundtrack, because no. nobody knows what the orchestral soundtrack sounds like." No, they they actually don't. So yeah, it's. It's a shame that they can't get um, one of these companies to go 
there's a, I forget the name of them. There's a, a company that goes out and reworks music to get around copyright. And they use it all the time when you hear artists sampling other music. One of the most famous ones was um, this um, one uh, that was a dance music track and it had this sort of piano and violin sort of a sample in it mm-hmm. and they couldn't get the rights to it. So what they did is they handed over the original track, which was like a 70s funk track with this particular sting in it. They handed it over to this agency that then broke down that part of the song and re-engineered it in such a way that they couldn't get copyright on it. <laughs> so I just want, I just wonder if they could actually go down that path and actually um, um, break it down like that. And, and get around it. Well, one of my favorite, uh, and I, I've been showing it to my son, uh, my favorite animes is Cowboy Bebop. And mm. I absolutely adore the music in it. I literally, when I watched the first for the first time, I was two episodes in before I was on eBay trying to buy the soundtrack. That was T, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but there's a lot of songs, that, and when I say the songs, I'm talking about the songs actually have lyrics to them. Where sometimes I'll be hearing it and I'll be like, boy, that sounds vaguely familiar. familiar. Or the or the yeah. artist singing, like there's one guy that sings songs where I'm like, it, it, he almost sounds like Bowie, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I found out was that they put actual artist songs in their temp track. And uh. that it was, okay, obviously we can't pay for that. So they had Yoko Kano, the composer, rewrite them, re-engineer. put in new yeah. lyrics and re-engineer them so they sound close. They're not, but they're going to evoke the same uh, emotion. feeling, emotion. Yeah, yeah, that's what they need to do. They need to think smart about it and go, look, we, there's a number of ways to skin a cat here. Let's just be a little bit smart about it. Yeah, and then it'll be fine. Like, you could sort of get around it. It'll be good. You know, kind of like, kind of like what Zen did with uh, Back to the Future, where the theme song was sort of kind of in. There was enough to evoke, but then when, when it went into the, like we said <laughs> the, uh, the other time, uh, when I went into where it sounded like the Huey Lewis song, but it wasn't, it was painful. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just, so sometimes it can work. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. No, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of working, we're going to stop working on this. Uh, we're yeah. Gonna, <laughs> we're going to let this podcast go. We will uh, obviously be back next week to talk some more. Um, in the meantime, why don't you hit up our website, blockadepinball.com. There you can find past shows as well as show notes and links to websites that we mentioned during the show. You can also check out Twitter. The show is at Blockade. Or you can follow Jared and myself. I am at Shut Your Traps. He is at Jared Morgs. Last but not least, drop us an email, blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. If you have any uh, show suggestions, questions for us, uh, want insider information that we can't blab about, who knows what. <laughs> um, yeah. Any stuff. and all of that stuff, like we like to say. Yes, stuff. stuff. All righty. Well, until then, we will uh, talk to you then, and uh, thanks for listening, all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.